Welcome back, Jeffrey. Welcome. Well, thank you. And welcome to you. Good to be back with you on Lancaster Facts. That's right. That's right. You almost, you almost blew the, uh, the the thank you for me welcoming you. You were like know, reverse this is, welcoming. This is what we... We don't rehearse around here. This, so. is, this is true. This is not true. surprising. I, I think this is the first show that we've done where you've been virtual. I think you've been here and I've done a virtual from home one time, but I think this is the first Jeff virtual. Or the first time for everything, right? First, that's, that's, that's true. Yes. So, uh, I mean, the question everybody wants to know, obviously, this is Lancaster Connects and we're hosting from Gardner's Mattress and more and, and Jeffrey's home. Um, why are you first naming me like I like put my hand in the cookie jar when I was supposed to? Uh, like my, uh, my mother and my wife <laughs> use my full name when right. I've done like when I've done something bad. I'm just I'm just excited that you're back. I, the banter is so much better. Uh, I mean, there, there is no banter when it's when it's Ben Solo. It's just Ben bumbling over his own words. There's there's You've actual been, banter and conversation here. I've noticed the banter less factor in the last couple episodes. So. So how how yeah, so is here, the leg? How is the uh, leg? Knee's doing good. You know, I'm uh, last two Mondays. Well, the first Monday I was uh, on a different plane within the universe because I would have been maybe two or three hours post surgery of a That's total right. knee replacement, which is where I've been. In case you are catching up, uh, so I was on a different plane within the universe there because those uh, IV painkillers in the hospital are pretty fantastic. They work pretty um, well, don't they? Yes, they do. Um, and then, Did you say uh, anything funny? Like, what were any stories coming out of surgery? Anything no, like that? Nothing like. I had where a pretty straight laced staff there at uh, Penn State Health Reading. It was yeah. pretty. They were uh, they were pretty straight laced bunch. So good, good. Well, that gets, that. that's good. <clears throat> yep, it was that. And then, um, you know, the first two weeks were pretty intense as far as. Uh, you know, pain goes, swelling goes, uh, focus on rehab movement. Um, it's pretty much all I did was just, you know, physical therapy, some movement, you know, rest, keep the leg up, control the swelling. That was, that was the, uh, that was the ball for the last two weeks or three weeks. They get um, you, they get you on your legs right away, like up mm -hmm. and at them. That's it. That's just incredible to me. Yeah, I was walking around um, about four or five o'clock, I guess, Monday afternoon, three weeks ago. Wow. With, so, with a brand new put together kneecap or knee, with a entire knee. Brand new, whole new, yeah, whole yep. new knee. It's in there. Yep. I can feel it. It's kind of weird. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. I, obviously, yeah, that, that it's going to feel different than your other knee. Mm -hmm. yep. Never thought about it that way. Yep. Yeah, I can feel it. And there were a couple other bone issues that were taken care of, so I can feel... That those are no longer present. So that's like, that's, you know, I, I didn't get to say goodbye. They were there for 25 years. One of them was uh, the, the bone pieces. Yeah. The bad bone I pieces. <laughs> I didn't get, yeah, I didn't get to say goodbye. So, oh man, um, there's a question about the pop up from, uh, I, I, I guess our that. producer seeing, uh, you know, viewing from afar. I, I don't know if he's on vacation. We have a, we have a substitute producer, Jim, who's fantastic as well as, yeah, Chris's, I think, but, um, I think. I think our producing team got together on their banter and they're just putting the screws to me. Uh -huh. So yeah, I did not. So the question comment is, cause you're not watching on screen. The, the, the comment was too soon to talk about football. No, it's not because I told anybody that asked me you know, about how we were going to lose the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to lose in the Super Bowl. It was going to be defensively. We would lose the game and we wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to stand up. And that's exactly what happened. That's what happened. I didn't get a lot of time to mourn the Super Bowl. I had to, I had to deal with the Super Bowl without any liquid courage because I wasn't allowed <laughs> to drink before the surgery. In fact, right, three right. full days before the surgery. Right. Not that I have a problem with drinking, but I just, you know, it would have been nice to enjoy the game with a bourbon or two. Wasn't able to do that. And then, it, and I had to be at the hospital at five in the morning. Um, right. So it was, it was a pretty much, oh, they lost. We cleaned up the little party we had and then went to bed. And I mean, in it. a way, that's kind of like the it best thing that bowl. it was. Right. It was like, you didn't have to like dwell on it. You were put under right away. <laughs> your surgery yep. and then you're focusing on your knee. Yep. Oh, he's an Eagles fan. Give him, give him uh, 10 more CCs so he can drown out his sorrows. <laughs> I think that's what they did. 
Right, right, right. But, right. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, that game was lost. There were two touchdowns. When you look at the replay, it's like, are the Eagles even on the field? Um, yeah, that's true. Kudos, it, kudos to the Chiefs for their scouting because those two touchdowns where they just embarrassed us, uh, we had scored on us four other times throughout the season. And so they knew the scheme. Oh, wow. Okay. To get us to bite and bite hard. And, uh, and that was two scores there. And then, of course, we had a fumble. Um, for a return touchdown. So that was three mm-hmm. score. Um, yeah, that hurt. In, in a game as tight as it was, that's the difference right there. And such as it is, but you know what? That problem secured itself. Arizona can deal with those problems. And uh, I just get all the forums. I told you so. All about North Carolina. I was lambasted all season for it in the forums. I took negative points in the forums as you collected points. And I didn't care because I knew. I just knew yeah. all along. That was going to be the reason, and that was the reason. That was the reason. Yeah, they looked like a different team in the second half. They um, and and yeah, it's like kudos to the Chiefs, but yeah, the Eagles mm-hmm. just looked like a different team. So anyway, let's not uh, let's not restore or or use all the banter that we've lost for the last few weeks. Why don't we bring our guest on? Because we could yeah. we could do that, but I don't think that's that's fair to uh, our guest and. I think our audience is our audience wants to hear from our guest. Hi, good afternoon. So welcome Francis Gibbons from the Greater Pennsylvania Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And I, I'm I'm sorry for your loss. Um yeah. It happens. You. It, it happens, you know. I'm a I'm a Giants fan, so it happens to everyone. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. So you were rejoicing in our losing. Oh yeah, there was a lot of crying um, <laughs> the month before, and then my my child is a an Eagles fan, so you know we were cheering for the Eagles, but that did not happen. So Fran, you've got a fan here. Don Peter says Fran is amazing. Hi, Don. How are you? You got some peeps watching. So Fran, are you a Lancaster native? So I am not, but I will say that Lancaster is my home. So um, we moved here when I was 12 from Puerto Rico. Oh, very cool. So this has become my home since. And even when I went to college, I came back. Even when my parents retired to go back to the island, they came back. They live with me now. So we're Lancaster natives. (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. Very cool. Well, I'll kick it off. And then uh, I'm going to do probably a little more listening than I normally would. Because I can feel um, the pain medication kicking on. So um, I'm going to sit and listen more so. But um, could, could we I'll, be uh, in line for, a, for something funny to come out of the mouth? Or? It, it just might happen. <laughs> it just might happen. So uh, Francis, real quick. Well, not real quick. But uh, see, there's the problem. Um, so why don't you tell us what is... Um, what is Alzheimer's and dementia? I think there's some people that have some confusion on the two. I think they often get confused. So maybe you can share with us the differences there and how it affects families. Absolutely. And even when I started with the association, I didn't know the difference. But dementia is not a single disease. It's an overall term. So think of heart disease. It covers a wide range of specific medical conditions, which cause um, abnormal brain changes like memory loss. So Alzheimer's is the most common it's it's the most known dementia. So think of dementia as ice cream and Alzheimer's as vanilla. So that's just uh, a way of um, knowing the difference. You know, Alzheimer's is a type of dementia and there's over 200 dementias out there. Well, what, what would be some other dementias that people would know or be familiar with? So in the news, we've seen um, some information about Bruce Willis. He has frontal temporal dementia. Um, my father has Parkinson-related dementia, so they have Parkinson's and then afterwards um, start to exhibit signs of dementia. Um, there is Lewy body as well. Those are some of the most known yeah. out there. Okay. Okay. So what what is the mission then of the Alzheimer's Association? So for us, you know, is we lead the way in Alzheimer's and all other dementia. So now, just because our name is Alzheimer's uh, Association back here, that's not the name of our company. It's actually Alzheimer's and other related dementias. Um, so we lead the way by accelerating global research, driving risk reduction and early detection, and then maximizing quality care and support. 
So um, that is what we're trying to do here, making sure that people understand that they're not navigating this disease by themselves. So the Alzheimer's Association is a national organization, correct? Correct. And you represent a local chapter. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So the Alzheimer's Association is a national company. So if you if you're looking for our, you know, main address, that's Chicago. That's our headquarters there. But here, um, the Greater Pennsylvania chapter of the association, we we serve 59 counties from Western, Central, and Northeastern Pennsylvania. So think of um, everything but Philadelphia. However, Philadelphia is the Delaware Valley um, chapter. We work very closely with them. Um, and then, so we serve 59 counties and then we have two offices, one here in Harrisburg, which is where I am today, making sure that everything was going to work flawlessly. And you guys could see this beautiful sign behind me. And then we have another office in, in Pittsburgh, which, you know, for over 43 years ago is one of our founding chapters of the association many, many moons ago. Okay. Wow. What, um, what are some of the ways that the Alzheimer's Association supports? So you've got the people, or I don't know if you call them patients or whatnot, with the diagnosis of Alzheimer's or dementia. And then, of course, you have the families and everybody that's supporting the person with Alzheimer's. So uh, I'm sure you have resources to, to help both uh, types of people. So maybe uh, start with uh, the um, support that you give Alzheimer's patients. So for uh, yeah, absolutely. So anyone who's living with the disease, and when we say that it's not only Alzheimer's, but any form of dementia, we support them and their family members because this is this is a family disease. Um, we have caregivers, we have partners that are coming in to to help those families. Um, you know, whether it's a long term care um, place that they're living at or a home health agency or even or even doctors. We're here to support them all. So the Alzheimer's Association offers free re uh, resources to millions of people dealing with Alzheimer's and other related dementia. We have a 24-hour helpline, 1-800-272-3900. It offers com confidential support these are master level clinicians that are able to help you get a plan together to help you navigate through, through this awful disease. We have free educational programs, whether it's the basics of Alzheimer's or the 10 signs or how to caregive for someone who's living with the disease. Um, and then we also even have a, a, a partnership with AARP. It's, and it's called our community resource finder. Um, and you can find that on our website where just by clicking um, your radius within your zip code, you can find whether it's support groups or partners that, um, you know, companies that can help you with home health agencies or doctors, um, neurologists in your area. This is just a free resource to help you navigate the disease. I know the the strain, I guess is the right word the strain that Alzheimer's dementia, you know, various versions of dementia, Alzheimer's included, um, put on the family. My grandmother uh, has entered palliative care. Um, so my grandparents, my maternal side of the family was from Canada. That's where I was born, moved here when I was 11. So I have family up there still. And um, my grandmother has entered palliative care as uh, within the last week to 10 days. You know, she's just, she's stopped wanting to eat. She's not drinking. Um, there's really not a lot of faculties there at all. Um, so I know the strain it puts on because leading up to that, um, if we go back to the summer, um, gee whiz, it's last summer already. Mm -hmm. Um, August, um, you know, June, July, um, my grandfather who then passed in August, um, he really tried to tough it out through his battle with cancer and uh, to take care of my grandmother in the home care facility they were living in. And boy, what a, what a strain it, it was on him. And we had nurses, there was nursing there, obviously, but even so, it was just um, such, a, uh, such a burden uh, and strain. And I, I, I know the word like burden, you don't want to use about family members, but 
it, it's just what it is. And I think people need to understand that it's okay to feel that way. But when you, I wanted to highlight that and maybe use language like that, because when those resources are available, please use them because it can really exacerbate other issues, other health issues, even around the, in and around the person for them and for, for, for the caregivers as it did for my grandfather. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a rough time. And my grand, my grandmother, so she went to a really great facility. Um, they had petting zoos and, um, her, her, her room, she gets to look over a flower garden, which she loved flowers. So it was really cool. Um, so we're, we're all just kind of now in that moment where we, we knew this day would come. Um, we, we knew it would come and, and that's where it's at with, uh, for my family. So yeah, it's a disease that just plain out sucks. There's just no other way to put it. That's the way it I'll does. say it. No, it does. And, you know, um, one of the things when I, when I came to the association, it'll be seven years. Um, you, you lose people twice the minute that they get a diagnosis and then when they actually pass. Um, because they, you know, they, they do change their, their, their personality change. They might, you know, some don't remember who you are. I mean, I can't say everyone, but people, you know, they, they forget who they are. They forget who you are. And it's tolling for those individuals who are taking care of them, you know, the caregivers and the caretakers, because, you know, sometimes there's a loved one, it's a spouse and they can't remember who you are. That's, that's tough. And it hits, you know, very deep. And, um, and another thing is caregiving. I mean, they don't pay you to caregive for a person. Not, not when it's your spouse, you know, <laughs> um, there, there are some resources, but you're doing it. You're, it's another full time job. We, we know that it takes a toll. You start taking care of them and you don't take care of yourself. And that's how you get sick or that's how you pass away. And there's a higher percentage of caregiver burnout or caregivers passing before the person living with the disease. And that's why we like to, you know, it's all about education and letting them know that they're not by themselves. Like you're not by yourself. Please call the number. How can we get together? How can we talk through things so that people know to, to take care of themselves? And it's okay. It's okay to ask someone to give you respite because if you're not alive and you're not living, how can you help someone who's living with a disease? A brain disease. You can't see it. Right. It might look the same. Yep. Yep. Uh, the, the morning twice thing, that's very, that was very appropriate for, for my relationship with my grandmother. Um, you know, it began way back, um, throughout 2020, you know, when I would call on the phone. And naturally, because of that, the time that was, couldn't go see, couldn't go visit. Um, and that was unfortunate. Um, but that's, you know, that's what it was. That was that moment in our history altogether, unfortunately. But, uh, but yeah, I was there. And, and then so seeing her was, was really tough. But what I found, and maybe you can talk about this. And, and I know this created, I don't want to say, and I'm not, I'm not trying to air dirty laundry or anything about family, but. I know some family members um, approached engaging with my grandmother differently than others. And, you know, so I, I would try to approach it to where, like, I would recognize she would respond well to the little town that she grew up in called Milverton. Mm-hmm. So I just started talking about Milverton because that was the town where we lived as a kid. Um, that was the nearest town. I lived, we lived way out in the country. In, in, in farming land. And, uh, that was town. Like that's where you went once a week to get your groceries. So I would talk about that and she would just light right up. Um, she would light up, uh, talking about gardening. And there was one, oh, um, a couple church hymns. So music is one of those last things that people, um, that people lose. So it's, they, they know, I mean, they're scientifically, they've done research on the fact that. Um, there are, there are constituents that are living with the disease and they might be nonverbal and then they hear whether it's someone playing a piano or singing the song and they start to light up. They start to hem. They start to sing back. So music is, is a great example, Jeff, of what, what can bring someone together. But even, even the aspect of you have to live in their world. Um, you can't ask them to remember. You can't, you can't, you know, 
think that they can live in your world because they live in their own world and they might not be able to remember or, or grasp together what they're trying to I'm gonna say. I'm going to hold up a couple of pictures now. Getting them I validation when they are speaking right and, and when things light them up. So, um, what does it look to like to have pictures and like so show pictures? So there's a much younger um, Jeff. Um, and there's grandma and there's on a bike. <laughs> It, when this, this day, that day we did it, she thought it was just the most funniest thing ever. Um, I love it. And 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 then throughout the years, I would show her that picture, and she we would laugh really well. Um, but I showed her that, and she just kind of grabbed it, and she looked at it, and she'd look up at me, and she'd look at it again, and then she'd just get a smile on her face, and and laugh a little bit. So that was funny. And then here's a more recent one. It's always difficult when you're working with the with the camera. We were doing oh, funny, wow. funny smiles. And she has she a won. baby. Yeah. So tell me about the baby. So tell tell our <laughs> listeners and watchers about the babies. Because appar- apparently this is something that gives patients with Alzheimer's uh, and dementia. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Alzheimer's <laughs> and dementia or dementia. You can just but, say dementia, yeah. Yeah. It's just, so there are, yeah, di- there are different, that. yeah, there are different facilities and then different places, even home health agencies that use, whether it's, they have animals and they have dolls because, I mean, I'm a mother. Let's think of, of that. Like as, as they remember, they go, their, their memories go back to a time, um, where they had children and it just brings back memories and they, it livens them up. It's just, you know, it's a nice uh, way of getting them to calm down, whether it's heading of, I mean, I know one of our, our long-term cares in, in Lancaster has like a seal that talks and it'll, it'll vibrate. And it just, it's that interaction that brings back um, some of those memories and it yeah. makes feel, feel like they're a part of something. So the babies are the same thing. So they care for the babies or changing the babies. It's just something that they remember from their past. Um, and it's a great activity just to, to have them interact. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think if I'm re- remembering it right, um, you know, cause I really uh, being, being as far as away from my grandmother as I am, I really took the lead from my cousin Leanne, who I should, I should shout out right here and now Leanne and her family have done a fantastic job of being the caregivers, not only for my grandmother, but for my grandfather. And this has been going on. Oh, two years, two and a half years, direct, like really direct involvement. So thank you, Leanne and Daryl and all your, all their girls for helping because I know it's not easy. And, um, uh, but, uh, where was I going with that? I would follow her direction. Oh, uh, my grandmother would get a little, um, uneasy or a little, uh, wound up. Leanne said it would be good to ask. Hey, do you want to, does the baby need to change? Does the baby need a diaper? Does the baby need a new blanket? And it would, and she would just immediately, you know, it seems silly to us, but it would immediately focus her thoughts and away from whatever was, wasn't really a real disturbance. Um, it would just focus it away. So yeah. Yeah. she has to take care of the baby, you know, yeah, it's exactly. about that. I got to take care of the baby. Yeah. So maybe that's a little tip. If you're, if you have somebody that you love that's in care. You take a little stuffed animal or a little baby doll and puzzles see if that things, helps them. things that they like. Even if you're talking about a male, if he used to do things with woodworking, you know, what does it look like to do some kind of puzzle that it's interacting? They're using their all of their senses, and it's just it's just helping them out. So yeah, any kind of activity to keep them engaged is good. Yeah. Fred, I have a couple of questions. Um, so first, how does somebody find the Alzheimer's Association? Like, are you name dropped by doctors or others that are providing this diagnosis? And then a follow-up to that, what can somebody expect the experience to be when they first make the connection to the Alzheimer's Association? Like if they're calling on the phone, what can someone expect that experience to be? Like what kind of questions are they going to be asking and how does it move forward from there? So it's a twofold Um I'll start with most of the people and constituents that call the Alzheimer's Association. They call them too late when things are towards the end. Um, and not like, not, not for that preventative, um, which we talk about all the time, that preventative care. 
How do we educate people on healthy living for the brain and body so that they don't have to worry about like potentially having dementia or Alzheimer's? So um, most of the people that we that do call the association is that, pre- you know, not the preventative care. Um, we do work with partners and doctors and and other like other facilities um, throughout our county and even the state to kind of share our 1-800 number in particular and then our website, the ALD.org. And then if you want to get Pennsylvania slash GPA to get some resources, because there's there's um, education there that you can do as well for free. All of the work that we do, referrals and everything, that is free. <laughs> that is why, you know, I do development work and I'll talk about that later. But anything that you call for is, is for free. But anyone that does call, let's say that, you know, we work with, whether it's LGH or UPMC or Penn State, and they refer someone to the Alzheimer's Association and they make that phone call. If you're calling the 1-800 number, you're getting a master level clinician who is right then and there talking about the steps and where, how to connect you. Um, is it that you need a support group? They're trying to get your zip code, trying to navigate which one's the closest one to you. Do you want it to be virtual? Do you want it to be in person? Um, if you're looking for a neurologist, these are the neurologists that we work with um, and kind of using our community resource finder to find that. But if you are actually looking for, let's say, um, information on on our FDA approved drug, we have that on the website and that master level clinician can also give that information. Mm-hmm. If there's something specific to your area, so if a constituent is calling and they're like, you know what, I want to make a donation to Lancaster County. Who do I talk to? Then they get my my specific number and they connect to me, whether it's via email or they get, you know, my cell phone number. Pretty much you can find it anywhere. They can send me a text message or call me. So it all depends on the level of need, but they're connected to the right individual. Why, why is it that you said people find the Alzheimer's Association, and it probably extends to any sort of organization that provides help for diagnosis. Is like, why do people find it too late? Like, are they maybe thinking that it's not bad enough to call, or they might be in denial or ashamed to have this diagnosis? Like, why why do people delay in in making that connection? I think it's a combination of all the things that you said, but um, a lot of it is that that stigma behind Alzheimer's people because of the brain disease. Um, you can't see it um, unless you're affected by it or you have a family member that's living with it. You're like, it's not going to happen to me. It's fine. Uh, you know, that I'll talk about that when it needs to happen. Um, and sometimes they, they don't know the resources that we can provide. They just think that we're, you know, oh, we're not, they're not going to be able to help me. Well, if you don't call and ask, we can't, we can't provide you help, you know? And I think it's, I think mainly it's the stigma and we're trying to do a much better job of being out in community and even connecting with individuals like yourself besides, you know, our health organization, but other companies, um, you know, you never know who's caregiving and who had, you know, and within your company and giving them those resources so that they know that we could potentially be someone that can help them out. So partnering with the community to do more. Well, and, and I'll add um, this. I mean, it's our purpose at Gardeners is to help you wake up, be happy, so you can be more productive and healthier uh, throughout the day. I mean, that is our purpose. It's pretty simple, but it is our it is our core purpose to help our customers with. But it does transcend to health. It transcends to what Francis does and what the Alzheimer's Association does. And I'll again refer back to my grandparents. Um, you know, they were folks, I remember it as a kid because I would spend a lot of summertime with them. Um, the 11 o'clock news would come on. They'd watch that until midnight. They'd go to bed and they're up at 5 a.m. And they did that for decades. And we now know that there is direct correlation to quality and amount of sleep tied to brain function later in life and onset of dementia and dementias. Um, and I wonder now, after all those years, is that part and parcel of what happened with my grandmother? Could that be a part of why she had her? She's on her journey that she's on. Because um, they're very healthy people, always ate very super well. Um, how did that sound? Very, they ate very super well. Come to me for more food tips. 
So Sorry. put that on the medication. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's on the medication. But they always ate well. They were always healthy and active. And, um, you know, you would think there'd be no reason, right? And, and I think there's some other spiritual things going on uh, as well around my grandparents' journey with each other and, and the end of their time together. But we'll, we'll save that maybe for another day. But, um, but sleep and the amount of sleep you get and the time you sleep is important. Like we talk often about matching up with the natural body rhythms and circadian rhythms of sleeping from either four and a half hours to nine hours of time. And within that four and a half, going four and a half to six hours to seven and a half to nine hours. So somewhere in that time range, um, you're best working with your body's natural me mechanics, if you will, and you're not fighting against it. So five hours, as I just highlighted for my grandparents a minute ago, that fought against it. They weren't in that four and a half hour window. And if you are somebody who's four and a half hours sleeping, I don't recommend it. I'd recommend you push to six or seven and a half. Those folks are sleeping. They're taking some naps throughout the day, right? But um, uh, they were pushing against that. If they, uh, I just wonder now, knowing what I know now, where I'm at now in my career and in life and business, if I could rewind the clock and, and push them to be in that six hour to seven and a half hour window, what could happen? So anybody listening, if you're in, if you're off those windows of time, six to seven and a half hours, try to go to bed a little earlier, wake up a little later, just adjust that, just adjust that rhythm and, and get in that window. So you have that chance for a more restorative, better quality sleep. Anything to add to that, Francis, about what yeah, you've heard I mean, on sleep and, and dementias? And I, and just to add, I mean, sleep. It's essential for you to just cleanse yourself. It releases stress levels. It's good for your heart, which what's good for your heart is good for your brain. So just sleep a little bit extra, probably not extending it, you know, in the morning because then you'll be late for work, but go to bed a little bit, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm late for work because Jeff and Ben Francis, Francis said yeah. so. Fran yeah, you can't. Yeah. Can't Fran blame the mattress guy. Right. Fran told hey. us to stay in bed a little bit longer hey. and Jeff and Ben were like, we have the mattresses to make you stay in bed a little bit longer, right? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Fran, we talked about the help you provide uh, the families and, and beyond. Uh, but I know a big part of the Alzheimer's Association is the research end of things. Um, talk a little bit about that. So the Alzheimer's Association is the largest funder like the largest nonprofit funder for Alzheimer's research. And, um, and our, our goal is to accelerate global progress for new treatments, prevention, and ultimately a cure. So one of the things that people don't understand is that we do not have a cure. We have two FDA approved treatments right now, but it's for the underlying biology. Um, but because we have these two FDA approved medications, however, because of the CMS blocking this particular two FDA-approved drugs, they're not accessible to all of, all of the communities. So the Alzheimer's Association right now estimates that at least 2,000 individuals aged 65 or older are transitioning from that mild dementia to Alzheimer's. And because they're not eligible for this new FDA treatment, it just gives them less time. So right now, the Alzheimer's Association and their volunteers are going straight to Washington, D.C. at the end of March to, to make sure that the government knows that this is a priority. Because we have two treatments that could potentially give people more time, but they're not approved for people to use them. Hmm. So the FDA has approved it. Wh the which FDA, organization? Which the, organization so, is standing in the way? CMS, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Oh, see, this is, yeah, this, see, this is where, this is where the show could take a left turn. <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we'll Time keep to it have at connection that. difficulties. Right. So we'll, we'll keep it at that, Jeff. Um, people are, yeah. are going to be, they're going to be walking up to the Capitol and wearing purple and, and letting them know that it's a priority. We have these two FDA approved treatments that can help individuals. Let's get this approved by CMS. Right. And that's, that's a federal agency, I guess. It is CM, a federal agency. CMS, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it's, it's easy to connect the dots because, you know, our population is aging. There are, and, you know, dementia can affect people from what, about age 40 and up? 
Um, I mean, from planet earlier. Sometimes I, earlier. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's it, it, it's not, it, you don't have to strain hard to connect the dots. It's it's oh. a money thing. Yep. It's um, not a, it's not an old person's disease anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just not. Well, good for you that you'll be up there um, <laughs> on the capital steps, letting, letting them know. Um, right. Giving them the business, so to say. I like it. That's right. That's right. I like it in a nice way, but to say, you know, come on, this is, uh, we've, we've got these treatments and people, um, as a society, we, we've got to, we got to do a little better. They should have access to them. They mm-hmm. should have access. That's just it. If there's treatments out there that are already FDA approved, they should have access to the treatments, especially in that early stage. It just gives them more time, yeah. um, more time to be with us, you know? Yeah. Obviously you can't. You and, and the Alzheimer's Association can't do the good work that you do without funding and support from the community. Um, and I know you host a ton of events, um, and obviously fundraising and volunteers. Um, I know there's a lot there, but can you kind of, uh, wrap a little bit about, uh, that end of things and, and what is needed? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a senior director of development. So that's some of the work that I do. Um, is bringing in funds so that we're able to do Alzheimer's care support and research. So, so that we want to make sure that the support groups, that the 1-800 number, that the education is free to our constituents. So we talk to partners in different ways to get them to raise funds. But one of our signature programs is our Walk 10 Alzheimer's. And I am the director for the one here in Lancaster. So I encourage everyone to go to it. So it's Saturday, September 23rd. We hosted at Overlook Park. Um, our goal this year is $250,000. And those dollars fund our mission here in Lancaster County and through all, throughout greater Pennsylvania. So we have 23 within our chapter. Um, and they're all community-based events. And the Walk to an Alzheimer, to have a team is free. As you fundraise, there are different incentives, but this is how we're able to fund our mission, how we're able to have these FTA approved treatments, how we're able to have support groups and education. Um, so I encourage you guys all to join me. Um, we're hoping to get back to what we used to have. We used to have 1500 people come and walk with us. Wow. We had about 700 last year. So, um, I'm hoping that we can get back to a thousand and we got this. Um, so make sure that you sign up for that as well. And then we on, have, a, oh, go ahead. go ahead. Yeah. On the note of the walk. So I'm, I'm, going to assume that if you sign up to walk, you would get one of those cool um, links where if you share it on Facebook and on Twitter and, you know, email it out to your friends or text it, easy to donate. Easy right? to donate. There's so, there's from you've, So you've got a the, bunch of tools, people to rally. Of the fundraising, yes. And yeah. then you, you have a direct, I mean, if you scroll down, you have my information, believe me, I will set up meetings with you. You have a plan and we'll figure it out. Tomorrow I have a meeting with, with a constituent that wants to do a cornhole tournament. How do we make that into oh, a cool. fundraising event? You name it. If you have the idea, we'll make it into a fundraiser, but there's very easy ways. Um, if you're only able to give $5, that also works. So it's, it's however little or however much you can give to the association, but this is just a, an awareness event and we work with other partners in the community that are sponsors that sponsor this event as well. So um, it's, it's a great event to just come and know that you're not yourself, regardless of where you are in this in this journey. Well, again, I mean, that goes to our, we often say about time, talent, and treasure. And talent's a new one. I, I've been forgetting that one. Um, but, you know, if you don't have the opportunity to, to, to write a check or swipe a credit card to donate to a great cause, uh, like the Alzheimer's Association, maybe you have time. Uh, that's why I brought up the question about, you know, having the cool fundraising toolkit and toolbox, oh, yeah. right? Likes to make it easy. Um, you know, go bother your friends, you know, bother, bother 10 of your friends for five bucks and, and get 50 bucks that way using your time or assemble a team and bring people together, uh, using your time. Um, I don't know that the Alzheimer's Association would so much need talent, but this is, this is something that I've forgotten that I wanted to bring up. You know, if, if you do graphic design, if you're a company that does t-shirt printing, if you're a company that does like the, the lanyards and the pens, you know, those talents can be given to an organization. 
maybe you donate the t-shirts, maybe you donate your services for graphic design. Um, you know, if you have talents that you see uh, an association like Paul Summers Association could use, reach out. So time, talent, and treasure, really important. Um, we do the show to help our community because if our, when our, if our community is strong, our business is strong. And so that's why we do the show. We want to keep pouring back into our community to keep strengthening it and making it better. Um, but we can't do it alone. Fran can't do it alone. So, you know, time, talent, and treasure. Think about it that way. When you hear of a great organization like Alzheimer's Association, see how you can dovetail in in your day. Absolutely. And if you want to become a volunteer, there's all kinds of ways that you can help us. You know, if you want to become an advocate and end up, you know, going down to the Capitol building to let them know, we have that opportunity. If you want to become a sponsor, we have that opportunity. If you want to become an educator and go into communities and teach them about dementias and Alzheimer's Association, we have it all. And we can do it in English or in Spanish or in your native language. So let just... Mm -hmm. Contact us. We will find wow. an opportunity for you. Yeah, Brent, how how young of a uh, person would you take as a volunteer? Like, could a teenager volunteer and help out with the walk? So, yeah. So, right now, we are working with two groups. So, we have a Girl Scout group and we have a Boy Scout group. And I think the youngest volunteer that I've had since I've been with the association, she was six years old and she used to do videos for us. Um, so... It's, it's Jessica Miller's out there. Her daughter was amazing in helping us with the York walk. So I've had them That's as cool. young as six. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and my, and my child, but they're volunteered to help. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You're right. coming with. Yeah. The, the, the kids and the teenagers are probably the social media experts. Like if oh, you need 100%. a new, if you need a TikTok, they, they can probably get that done for you. <laughs> you are a hundred percent correct. My, um, my my kid right now follows the Alzheimer's Association TikTok account, which I don't have one. And they're like, oh, Brittany, Brittany's been there doing all kinds of stuff, mom. I'm like, I know her. She works with me. <laughs> so yeah, the <laughs> TikTokers, awesome. I tell you, it's a whole different generation. Yeah, it's, it's a different world. Yep. Yep. So uh, wrapping up about the Alzheimer's Association, what can you share that's next for uh, Alzheimer's Association in general and maybe for your chapter specifically? Anything you'd like to talk about there? So I want to talk about two things that are happening in Lancaster County specifically. So um, on Thursday, March 9th, we are having an Alzheimer's and other dementias community solutions for a health crisis. It is a program that is going to be hosted by the United Way of Lancaster. And we all have a link that I'll be able to share with you guys afterwards if people are looking for it. But if you're looking for United Way of Lancaster, they do have their community or conversations with community, sorry. And we'll be a part of that um, this Thursday. And then next Thursday, March 23rd from 2 to 4 at the Dale High Leadership Center um, in partnership with United Way of Lancaster and the YMCA of the Roses, we'll be hosting a community forum. Um, this is for, you know, for us to know what is it that we need to do better in the community and how can we leverage the work that we do with the community here to increase Alzheimer's and dementia related um, programming and, and, and services. And those are free events? These are both free events. So one is yep. online and the other one is in person. But yes, they are free events. Again, and, I, raise, I raise money so that things can be free for the association. Yeah. And so this Thursday and the following Thursday, um, do you often have these sorts of things ongoing throughout the year? So we, yes, yes, we do have um, different events now in the spring. We do, we do a couple. Um, we will have a Hispanic summit on June seventh, so um, that'll be coming up in June as well. And then our walk is in September, but we try to stagger it out and and do some education in the process too. Yeah, so important. Very cool. I might be putting you on the spot here, and if you don't know the answer, it's okay because it wasn't in our questions. That we, uh, that we sent out. By the way, if you're thinking of being a guest and you think, well, I wouldn't be a good podcast guest because I don't do well on camera, we make it real easy. We kind of send you some questions to frame our dialogue. So we, but this one isn't on, but I'm going to put Fran on the spot anyway because I think you're going right. to crush it. I think. Do you know for every dollar that people give, what's, what's the ratio that goes back to programming, funding, community, uh, solutions, research? Do you, do you know what that number is? So it's 
of what we raise. Very good. Yeah, very good. Especially through our walk Yeah, especially through our Walk 10 Alzheimer's program, which is our largest fundraiser. It comes back to yeah. Alzheimer's care support and research. That's awesome. Yeah. So that means 21 cents goes to uh, having Fran be a part of the team. Uh, it goes to the sign that got made behind you. Um, it, it, it goes to putting on the program. Uh, 79 cents goes back to basically the patient. You know, there's a lot of big, big names out there, not in the Alzheimer's world, but in other worlds where that number is three cents. Three cents goes to, uh, the patient, the person, the cause, and the rest of it goes to other stuff. And we'll, we'll, we'll say it that way, but, uh, that's a very good number. That's, that's yeah. good. I mean, we have to continue to push because we don't have a cure. We don't right. have a survivor, you know, and it's, it's needed and we need to continue to push those dollars towards the research and the families and all, all of the education that needs to go so that people understand that this is a family disease and we need to find a cure. So, and we'll continue to push until I yep. hopefully don't have a job in the future, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. That would be the goal, right? Work yourself yeah. out of a job. That's I mean, fine. A, and I'm, I'm okay with that. What a, I'm, what a, what a tremendous goal that would be for everybody. Um, one, one thing that you touched on about the stigma of dementia, it's something you don't see. It's something that uh, it's hard to understand. And I just want to challenge anybody listening or watching, you know, how quick are you to go to your doctor if you have like, you know, when you flex your hand and you have a, a twinge or a pull in your finger or like me with your knee, right? You do something with your knee or you do something with your bicep, <clears throat> something with a muscle, right? You're quick to go to a doctor. Well, your brain is is the most powerful muscle, the most powerful organ we have in our body. And you don't see it, you don't touch it, you don't necessarily feel pain. I don't think the, I don't think your brain has actual pain receptors in it. I think it's nerves all around it. But um but think about it that way. You know, how quick are you to go? How quick are you to go to WebMD with the slightest twinge or tweak? But maybe you notice a family member cognitively who's like, you know, they kind of slip. There's, there, it seems like there's a gear that slips. There's a, a question they trip up on. Don't ignore those signs. Uh, right, Fran? Like, really, really think about your brain as that muscle that you should care the most about. Yeah, have that conversation. Um, even if you're worried about it, they have to do so many testings before they rule that it's actually dementia. But if you're able to get it early enough and hopefully CMS is able to make their mind and let us have that that FDA approved um medication that could help someone who just got diagnosed early on and giving them more time. So it's okay to have that conversation even if it's not a comfortable one. Um and then go from there because it, it also takes about four to six months to get a you know to get in front of a neurologist. So you have to have those yeah. conversations early. Well, Fran, thank you for um, taking time and absolutely talking with us about all things dementia and Alzheimer's. Appreciate it. I know I learned quite a bit, so thank you. Mm-hmm. It's here to, you know, that's how we, we have to educate people. That's how we have a conversation. And we that's share right. our resources. That's so right. Help. Yeah. Thank you for having right. me. Yep. Well, I think it's time for our connection cocktail. Ben, do you want to lead that off? Yeah, sure. No, no drinks, but... uh I don't know if we got our graphic coming on the screen. If not, we've got uh, question number one, Fran. Go for it. And and you said you're prepared. You, you had to think hard on these questions. I did. What's your favorite thing to do in Lancaster? I love to go out hiking. So we okay. have yeah. we have two dogs, and we we got to take them out and about. And then even when with my kid when they were young, be out and about. So I love hiking, and Lancaster has some great places to hike yeah can you can you share one place you like to go um is it willow grove i think it's the park it's really it's been it's been a very long time i didn't even get the name now i feel like a failure (laughs) (laughs) i also like to go down to the conestoga river so like beautiful yeah there's there's parks down there so tons of tons of hiking down there well thank you and I live near a rail trail, Ephrata Rail Trail. Oh, my true, goodness, yeah. we get together. Yep, Ephrata to Lidditz, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. Beautiful trail. 
So when you're not hiking and enjoying the trails, um, hopefully you can remember the name, but what's your favorite annual event that you go to? Uh, there are so many in Lancaster County. So I, I actually have a list because I can't just say one place. So I love, I love Lidison Fire, uh, Lidison Fire and I. That's just wrapped up. Yep. Yeah. Sam Patty's Day is my favorite day. So I cannot wait until next Friday. It'll be fun. Celebrate Lancaster, extra give, Santa stumble, you name it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yep. That, yeah, it, 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 it truly is hard to narrow it down to just, to just one thing. So yeah, yeah those, those are all great, great events. And, and, most of them have been shared uh, on the show before. So uh, you have uh, family coming into town. You have friends you you bring into town. Um, what part of Lancaster do you like to impart on them? Either, you know, culture or place you like to take them or something you like to show off. Is there something you like to do there? So I'm going to say two. One, <laughs> decades, because I who doesn't love to go to decades? And then I love my friend Tony works there. So I'm giving him a shout out. Yay, Dick. Yeah, yay, Dick. The other is the distilleries that we have in Lancaster County. Hey. Sorry. Um, Jeff and I talked about this. We love bourbon. So, um, we went to Stolt and Wolf on yep. Friday and, and we brought friends over and then we headed over to Bull's Head to get some food then afterwards. So it all depends Very, where Lancaster County, you know, right. I have my little spots, but yeah. Well, th- this is connection cocktail time. You can talk about bourbon and, and, uh, yeah. distilleries. I mean, that, that's, that's all fair game. Yeah. And we stay close to the home because we live in Africa, but, um, yeah. I also have to give a shout out to Thistle Finch because I love, love, love their black, uh, black pepper whiskey. So Ooh, that does sound good. <laughs> I'm going to have to try that one. Um, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper and black pepper uh, whiskey and it is delicious. So. Wow. Okay. Didn't expect to get a drink tip, but there it is. That that's we're gonna go for it. I like, like myself it. from Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Good. I like it. Uh, well, Fran, appreciate the drink tip. Appreciate the tips on uh, everything uh, that you're doing with the Alzheimer's Association. This has been a lot of fun. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you for thank having. You. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, uh, Ben, did you have anything else to add? I think that's I. I did not. I think okay. I think we are done with our guest. All right, very good, <laughs> Fran. Thank you so much. If you want to donate or learn more about uh, the walk coming up in September, go to alz.org/pa. That'll get you to Fran's page, and you'll be able to see everything that's going on local to us here in this region, and you'll be able to connect. And please do. Please consider. Uh, giving back in that time, talent, or treasure, one of those three silos, or two or all three, but in one of those (laughs) ways, that'd be really great. That's why we do the show to help our community. So Fran, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Fran. All right. I'm I'm glad she shared, you know, all the differences between Alzheimer's, dementia. One of our uh, listeners mentioned that, you know, um, we've all known People with Alzheimer's or dementia, Parkinson's is another another one, and sometimes you don't know all the the differences and the root causes, and and yeah. uh, you know what what can uh, both uh, happen to somebody with those diagnoses, and then what can be done, um, like getting connected to the Alzheimer's Association. Um, so that that was uh, I, I thought very educational. Yep, one hundred percent. It was. It was. Uh, so. If you want to be a guest on the show, we didn't get to talk about this yet, but if you want to be a guest, get a great guest like Fran, um, go to LancasterConnects.com slash guest. You'll fill out the form or you meet, uh, as I met Fran, I met Fran at a networking event. Um, I was going to say I met Fran in a bar, but that might not sound good for either of us, but that's where we did meet, but it was a complete networking event. Um, but either way, whether we meet in a bar or we meet this way, you go to LancasterConnects.com slash guest and, uh, you will um, get the ball rolling and we'll get you scheduled for a great show. You have a sleep better tip, Jeff? You know, uh, I'm looking at that here on my notes and I'm, I'm uh, no, I, I'm a bad podcaster today. Okay. I'm totally caught off guard. Um, so, but I, are you, but what I, go ahead. What I can say about sleeping better is I guess it would be committing to a sleep routine because my routine is out the window. <laughs> yeah, um, you're, yeah. Yeah, I, and I'm feeling the effects of it after a few weeks now. So 
Uh, I guess that is my sleep better tip is committing to a sleep routine, going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time. It's very hard to catch up. Um, there's such a thing called sleep debt. Uh, I am indebted to lack of sleep 100% right now and an interest rate of like five, 500%. Um, it's pretty terrible. Uh, no. So yeah, I guess that would be a uh, stick to a routine, right? And um, you'll want to uh, you'll want to do that because you just feel better, even on the weekends, getting up at the same time, like not mm-hmm. sleeping in. Yeah, um, yeah. You can just throw yourself off so so quickly, and so that would be that would be my sleep better tip off the cuff. Yep. Are you? I think you're back in your bedroom, right? Like you don't have to be on the first floor. Yes. Yes, I am. That's yep. that. That's. It had to have been a good feeling. It was very good. In the bed. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. So uh, testimonial time. We've got a test, a handwritten testimonial here. Piece of paper here. We uh, give a little packet of information, a um, little thank you gift, uh, feedback form, uh, incentive to come back and get sheets, pillows, protectors, that sort of thing. But we always get these te- handwritten testimonial forms back. And we had one come in uh, just over uh, the last week here. Um, and we've got hundreds. We might even be bordering on a thousand or more of these handwritten forms. We've even got so many, we've compiled them into a book here that um, you can have for free and get other people's uh, testimonials about how they we've helped them wake up happy. So uh, that's actually what this testimonial is about, waking up happy. It's not just a tagline on the wall. Um, that we help people wake up happy. It is a reality. So, uh, this person, uh, they were asked a question about their salesperson. In this case, it was Drew. And, um, I thought this feedback was great. Um, they said, Drew is the type of salesperson you wish existed more. Um, you know, not even mattress salesperson or whatever, just the type of salesperson you wished existed more. Very informative, never pushes you into a decision. And we believe he legitimately wanted us to be happy. So I thought that was uh, really great feedback. You know, sometimes the feedback is, you know, about the mattress. It's about, you know, they, you know, they were treated nicely and and all of that. But, you know, um, a lot of people are afraid of salespeople. You know, they think that salespeople are just out to line their own pockets and, you know, what is in their best interest. But uh, all of the staff here at Gardner's is legitimately interested in the health, well-being, and ultimately sleep waking up happy of our customers. So uh, we appreciated Brad's words and of course appreciate our crew who's probably listening on the other side of the wall there. So um, that's our testimonial for today. Very good. Not just not just a sticker on the wall. It's uh, it's something we we stand by. Well, I think as we wrap up, Ben, we'd be remiss um, to uh, Fran touched on something in the events that she likes to go to, mm-hmm. Santa Stumble. Yep. Uh, this weekend, uh, we had a past guest of the show, former employee uh, of the show, a friend, an amazing um, community member, a uh, citizen here in Lancaster, passed away. Pete Ruggieri, unfortunately, passed mm-hmm. away. I believe it was Saturday night. Is that right? Yeah, fairly, fairly suddenly. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to really speak. Yeah, it's, it's out publicly. You know, this was shared yeah. publicly already. Yep. I don't know all the details. Um, you know, I'm aware of some of, uh, what Pete had going on here in the last uh, couple of weeks, but, uh, I'm not going to speak to all of that, but we do know, right. um, you know, he unfortunately did pass away Saturday, Saturday evening, um, Saturday afternoon at some point, And, um, Obviously, very sad because Pete was a, an mm-hmm. amazing person. Um, always made us laugh. Just a just a great guy. Made us better better owners, uh, mm-hmm. better employers. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, 100%. Made our team better. Um, he was somebody that could. In, in the topic of uh, people being afraid of salespeople, nobody was afraid of Pete. Um, he would have you. Mm-hmm. He'd have you laughing within a minute or two. Um, and, yeah, he's, uh, that's all he's he, probably got hundreds of these testimonial forums yeah, in those binders yeah. referencing his yeah. name. Yep, he does. Um, kind of cool that we kept them all these years, huh? Mm-hmm. That we don't yeah. just throw them away, you know? <laughs> that's that's right. That's um, right. So it's a, it's a living testament to Pete and what he added to, to our business for our customers. But he really, 
really added just a lot to the Lancaster community. Um, mm-hmm. He was the one that created the, the Lancaster Santa Stumble. Yeah. Um, you know, when we look at uh, when we look at what happened uh, this weekend as well with the chicken barbecue, or maybe that was last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The big yeah. Sertoma Lancaster chicken barbecue that uh, is not going to happen this summer. Uh, this is why we do the show um, to to raise awareness in our community, to give back to our community, to put shine and light on great people doing great things. And uh, I'll say it again: time, talent, and treasure. Um, mm-hmm. Amy, I agree. Pete was a great person here and had a huge impact locally. Uh, folks, if we love our community, we gotta we gotta be about and do for our community. And Pete was one of those people. Yeah. So, just really sad he's not going to be here anymore. Yeah. That was but, pretty um, shocking news. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people that knew Pete or, you know, only knew him as an online figure because really he was online uh, right. and, and very involved in social media. And he, and he had the, the uh, his a couple websites that he ran that were satirical. Um, if, if you just looked at some of his words, maybe you thought maybe he wasn't that. And this might not sound right, but like that he didn't care. He cared immensely, like truly <laughs> like get choked up like he cared about Lancaster County so um yeah it's it's shocking that he's not here and won't see him again but um you know we found we found Pete at a time where he needed us and we needed him and um happy to have known him and yeah it's 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 a thing yep yep it was or it is it is a sad thing um yeah, Andrew's commenting about the Sertoma barbecue kickoff shows. I mean, th- these things happen because um, in our community, because people like us, people like Pete, you know, they answer that call. If not, if not um, me, then who? I think that's the way that quote goes. Um, Pete would be over my shoulder right now, making fun of me if he could. Um, but uh, <laughs> that is a great thing about Pete. He, he, have anybody laughing within like seconds. 10 seconds. He just, he yep. had the, he knew exactly what to say and he could make anybody laugh. I don't care how hard of an exterior you had. He had you laughing or smiling yep. within minutes. Yep. That was just yep. Pete. You know, Pete gave us Cropocalypse. Uh, <laughs> we actually did an ad. We'll have to find that and maybe get that out here this week. But we literally had a Ben character in the newspaper running with an umbrella from bird pooping. Cause if you know the local area, Park City in the fall always has crows or is it in the spring? I forget. When do they come uh, through? November through like January. Yeah. But yeah. I think now they go over to the uh, Fruitville Pike Center. They're not, they're oh, not so much here anymore. The last half well, good. of the year. They, they, they deserve like, it more than we do. That they would do. Be Pete. <laughs> he would, Pete would figure out what, what they deserve to be punished for. And that's where the crows now go. Um, that's right. But uh, he gave us that. Yeah. And I mean, just so many. So many great things uh, on a funny side, on a professional side, on a personal side. Um, uh, he was just a really great guy. And, uh, you know, hopefully his brothers and the Masons can carry on some of the good stuff he did there. Um, we'll certainly carry on the uh, not taking ourselves too seriously and, and having fun in our day and, and making this purchase that you do with us fun as well. Because mm-hmm. he, he certainly showed us and our team a lot of that. So... Absolutely. Yep. It was, uh, it was very sad news, but, um, but that's, uh, we were happy to have had time with Pete for sure on that level that we did. So, well, I think that's a good time to, uh, to wrap it up. Don't you? I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Are we going to spin the prize wheel today? We have a lot of, oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of commenters. I I think, uh, now Chris can't win and Cast Ahead cannot win. Right. So, but we've we'll, got some we'll great commenters on there. Went. There you go. Uh, you know, obviously, in, in light of Pete's memory, we should we should be raffling off um, silly prizes like you do at the Santa Stumble. <laughs> right. That's right. Okay. Maybe a, a Ruggieri for mayor uh, sticker. Oh with a, yeah. What a raptor chasing a, a donkey and a that's right elephant. And, right? Yep. Well, Amy, congratulations. You're our winner. Uh, Amy's one of our folks that tune in often. Amy, thank you. Thank you for your kind words throughout the show. And thanks for being a fan. And you won, so you get a choice of that wonderful little travel pillow uh, combo pack and blanket. And uh, 
or the uh, less nor more cuddle drinkware. So um, you want one of those stickers? I will have to find them. Um, I, you know, I found I saw one. It's attached to a, a cabinet, and it's probably been there for twelve years. I don't think that's coming off of the cabinet. Well, if I you don't can, know if you any can scrape it off, Amy, when you come here, it's yours. It's even got a signature on it, which I, it's just so peak. Oh. Like, wouldn't just well, put keep, the sticker on. You can take a photo for, of that, Amy. <laughs> so we're keeping it if it's got a signature on it. Yeah. So, all right. Well, congrats, Amy. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. Ben, it's great to be back with you. Yeah. And looking um, forward to you uh, in the flesh at some point here. That's too. right. That's right. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll see you next week on Lancaster Connects. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>